Hi, everybody, and welcome to Todd Pergs, a.k.a. Toddler Purgatory, a.k.a. Pod Turgs, because <laughs> I flip it every time. I'm one of your hosts, Molly. Yo, yo. It's Blair. Yo, yo. I will never get uh, used to introducing myself. Ever. Yeah. You're good at it. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. It was just for new listeners if they've never heard us before. Yeah. Our usual listeners are like, yeah, we know who you yeah, are. Yeah, we know. Dumbos. We get it. And you're bad at it. Move on with the topic. <laughs> I told you how my husband and son both think that you and I are starting to sound alike on the podcast. Yes. Which is, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I hope it's not confusing to our listeners. But other than that, I don't mind. I turned on the pod or the, we got in the car and the pod was on. I think I was listening to an episode. And my son said, oh, that was Mama. And I go, that wasn't Mama. That was Blair. He goes, oh, I cannot tell between you. And my husband, David's next to me. And he goes, yeah, I have a pretty hard time, too. I was like, why are you guys what? dropping this on me right now? <laughs> Our plan is working. Our plan is working. <laughs> We're going to Freaky Friday this. Yes. Your husband's going to get home and I'll be sitting there. He's like, you're clearly not Blair. I'm like, close your eyes. <laughs> He's like, all right, fine. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not as good as cook as you, though. <laughs> all right. Or parent. <laughs> no, he'll just be happy to have somebody who's not scowling at him all night long. <laughs> the glare. <laughs> Today on Toddler Purgatory, we are talking about the end of the year and we're talking about really... This is the thing. This is the thing. Here's the thing. Listen, it's been tough, y'all. <laughs> it has been the last three years have been shoddy at best, mm-hmm. <laughs> disappointing at best, with silver linings, with the moments where the clouds have cleared and we've had some real clarity, some real warm moments. You know, even though our timelines were shot to poop, we had time with our kids we didn't anticipate we had moments to ourselves we didn't anticipate we had both the comfort and you know sometimes a little annoyingness but the comfort of being able to for some of us to work at home yes yeah now and again or sometimes all the time (laughs) for some of us no for some of us we had our kids at home and they didn't flourish for some of us we had our kids at home and they did Mm -hmm. so it has been a wild ride wild new brand it's because it's all brand new and also so funny we're talking about this because I read, someone had it on their Instagram, and I can't remember. It's just one of those things. Someone wrote it. It was a quote from somebody, but it said, for new parents who are nervous and stressed out about having a newborn, the thing that we do as new parents is we stress out about all the things that like, like, are they going to sleep? How much sleep am I going to get? I'm going to be worried. I'm going to be nervous. I'm not going to, you know, all these things. And we feel very unprepared for all the bad stuff. And this is the thing. We're good on that. We've been stressed out. We haven't had sleep. How many times have I blacked out? How many times I black out in my 20s and then I just didn't get any sleep? <laughs> that went somewhere I wasn't anticipating. <laughs> just the lack of sleep that I didn't have in my 20s. Like I haven't, of course, I didn't sleep in my, you know, I've been through really stressful things. We've both been through some really stressful things. We've both been through, everyone's been through painful things, right? The thing that you're not like prepared for are the absolute wonderful, joyful, out of body love bombs that you get. As a parent, that's what you're not prepared for. And we're, what in a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. And I think that we get so caught up in the monotony and in the craziness and in the dregs of it that we really don't celebrate 
Right. And stop and go, whoa, yeah. that was a miraculous moment. Yeah. Can I support you by reading the meme that you're talking about? Yes, you found it. If you think I didn't cry from it minimum two times, you're kidding yourself. It's Rob Delaney, whose um, memoir just came out. That's it. A Heart That Works about losing his, uh, I believe, two-year-old son. Oh, it was him? Yeah, the, you know Rob Delaney, the comedian who's on... Oh, I didn't know that it was him. You guys, the reason why you can't hear Blair right now is because her she just collapsed on her desk. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't realize it was him. Oh, gosh. It was him. Yeah, that's it's his quote. He's on that show um, with Sharon Horrigan, Catastrophe. So good. So good. So he says, whenever someone tells me they're expecting their first baby and they're nervous, I tell them the following. Oh, my goodness. That's wonderful. I'm so happy for you. Listen, of course you're nervous, but here's the deal. You're ready for all the bad stuff. You've been very tired before. You've been in pain before. You've been worried about money before. You felt like an incapable moron before. So you'll be fine with all the difficult parts. You're already a pro. What you're not ready for is the wonderful parts. Nothing can prepare you for how amazing this will be. There is no practice for that. <sighs> it's a good one. He's a pretty wonderful writer. So that's what we're doing. I'm glad you brought that up, Blair, because that is what we're focused on today for the, this episode. We're just going to talk about the good things from this year, 2022, that rose to the surface of some rather hard times that, you know, some or most or all of us are going through in some way at some level, all different. Everybody's different, of course. But there are some good things that I feel maybe are increasing or at least our ability to see them yeah. is getting clearer. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, you know, I think with everything, so with everything new, like the pandemic was new. We hadn't been through that. No one was alive for the Spanish flu. So we couldn't get any, you know, tips and tricks. Okay. Tips or tricks. Hot tips. How do we deal with this pandemic? <laughs> yeah, nothing like that. So I think that, you know, with everything that's new, it just comes with so many hiccups and everything, just no one knowing anything, right? And I think because of technology and just where we are in life, like we have this idea that people know everything. There's always someone that knows something, right? So we can get the answer from someone to know something and know how to do this. So it was like, I think we found ourselves really in a predicament where we just, no one knew anything. Mm -hmm. Especially like people that we were looking towards, our doctors, you know, like help us. They were figuring it out too. Everyone was figuring everything out in real time. Yep. And with that came complete and total and utter exhaustion. Mm -hmm. We had to give over to it, to the not knowing. Just get, and now we're crawling out of it. Yeah, even though, boof, 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 still tough out there. Still, I mean, still, still, still yeah. there. Still there. But against this backdrop of hard things and hard times that we're having, perhaps that's the beauty of, there was this, do you guys remember the movie Singles with Matt Dillon and Kira Sedgwick and Campbell Scott? Yes. I never saw that. And Bridget Fonda, solid film. Did it stand up the test of time? I don't know. I haven't watched it in 20 years. But at the time. I never saw it. Gosh, it's good. Great soundtrack, too. So she ha takes this pregnancy test. And all we see is the camera is on her and Campbell Scott, I believe, is the dad. And it's Kira Sedgwick. And she's like, oh, huh. She's holding the stick up in front of her, but we can't see the results yet. She's like, oh, huh. Let's, well, let's get a little, turn this other <laughs> light on. Look at this. Oh, okay. Huh. You know what it is, though? We, we're holding it up against white. We should hold it up against blue. It could be different. And then the camera switches around to the pregnancy test, which is clearly positive. It's so positive. She is definitely <laughs> pregnant. And she's just holding it up against different things to see if different things will 
make it stand out better because they were obviously in denial. But that's how I felt about this year where I'm like, okay, against the backdrop <laughs> of the hard, hard times we've been having the last two and a half years, there are some good things. You know, I was doing this thing the other day where I, do you ever do this where you look on your phone at that certain section where you can look at things by person or by dates or by year, like, or by the group that it's in. And I was looking at just videos. Like pictures? When you go to your pictures? Like on your iPhone, yeah, in your photo section. So and then I, thank you. And then I scrolled up fast, like without thinking about it to be like, oh, let's see what's going on five years ago, whatever. When my son was one. Mm. And it's funny the things we choose to capture mm-hmm. because it's often like the good times, right? We're like, oh, this is such a funny, cute moment. This is him with his grandparents. This is, the sun is shining and he's walking for the first time and everything is joyful. And it was really cool to look back on that time and see those joyful moments. Him, you know, in our backyard at our old house, pushing along, ah, singing and singing. And it was so cute. And every once in a while in there, I I must have had my phone on for something. I don't know how, but I caught him with what my dad would call pooey face. My mom and dad call pooey face, which is like stinker face, you know, like a little no, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that at once every 25 videos, I caught him being not so happy. Mm-hmm. And it was such an interesting, I don't know how to say it, perspective on, because I look back on the early years and even though I was so tired, I mean, the pictures of me are, are I am a troll. I look, <laughs> I am barely holding it together. Oh, bad. Things are bad. But looking back on it, I'm like, but I was also so happy. Yeah. Because we had this incredibly joyful, wonderful child who wasn't always joyful and wonderful. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So I think a good thing that this year has given me, not just through looking at those videos, but also against the backdrop of the hard times we've been having, Mm. it's made me really focus on the fact that a lot of good things are happening now too. Yeah. You know, my son is six. He's in kindergarten. He comes home. Mama, did you know that I know what eight plus eight is? (laughs) Like, I don't. And then he's like 17, and I'm like, oh, well, keep working on that. Mm, well, that's, that's okay. Well, yeah, close, 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 close. So close. Well, all right. But <laughs> not enough hands. Not enough hands. Okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he's doing so well. He's, you know, and up against seeing him becoming a person, up against that backdrop of the hard times we've had. Yeah. And how far he's come has been awesome. So that's a good thing for me this year is looking at where he's come from and where he is now and being able to truly celebrate that. Yeah. Ditto. When my son started kindergarten, as some of our listeners know, my kid went to a Scandinavian school play base. It was amazing. But there wasn't a focus on academics. Fine. And then for kindergarten, he went to, he goes to a Catholic school. Academics, number one. And we started and it was just like, uh uh-oh. And he's also young. He's young for his class. And I would sit there with him just like trying to like, and he's left-handed and he's like trying to like form his letters and, and I would just be like, oh gosh, okay. And I would just be in my head about him being behind, right? And really just like losing sleep over it. And now we do homework together and the kid's writing fast, you know, and he's writing his letters, he's got beautiful penmanship and, you know, the same, just like. He's got all these like facts and, you know, we're doing homework and we're doing math homework, we're doing social studies, we do, we do a lot of homework. And it's just like to see how far he's come in such a short amount of time, you know, it's even to the end of kindergarten to like now is like insane. And it also just makes me 100,000 million trillion percent so grateful for teachers Oh, yes. As always, we always shout out our teachers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because they are doing so much 
on like the fact that he comes home and knows things that I have never said to him is like amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. So for those of you out there with little littles and you're seeing <laughs> yourself in pictures and you think you look tired and you think your body will never be back to what it was and it won't. Everything it is won't. It's okay. It's okay. Everything is a new normal because someday you're going to see that little buddy or, you know, y'all going to make me cry. Don't you do it because once you start, I'll do it. If you do it, I'll do it. Molly. <laughs> if you do it, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. You go there. <laughs> But yeah, to look back and see that little buddy just learning to walk or that little buddy watching the snowfall for the first time. So much, right? Yeah. There's so many. Those little tiny moments. There's so many. That lead up to who they are. Yeah. And make it a time to like, and we're so lucky to like, that I can just simply go on my phone and go back five years and see these things. Oh, we are really lucky. Yeah. I mean, what I would give to see myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my kids ask me, like, my daughter's always like, can you show me a picture of me when I was a little baby? I'm like, yeah, sure. What do I say? Yeah, you pull it up in five seconds. Yeah. Five seconds right there. There she is. Oh, you want to see the day we're born? Here you go. Yeah, we are lucky. It's insane. Awesome. Yeah. And also to look back and see... We talk about this on the pod a lot, that a lot of the work that we do with our kids when they're, you know, one year old, one and a half, two years old, two and a half, three years old, my gosh, all of the changes that happen, the potty training, the mm. maybe going to starting preschool for the first time, maybe, you know, increasing the amount of caretakers who your kid comes into contact with, right? Starting that separation between you and them, mm -hmm. whereas they think they're part of your body for that first 18 months or whatever, right? And see, the other thing looking back on this year is starting to see, or I guess continuing to see, the seeds that we've planted. Mm -hmm. So we talk about this a lot, that a lot of the investment that we're taking now with our kids and giving them the tools or at least presenting to them the tools that they could use to get through certain situations mm -hmm. and in ways of seeing the world in an open-hearted and kind and empathetic way, mm. is seeing those seeds kind of start to grow. My son got his first like progress report and... One of the teachers, I think it was the music teacher who took the time at the end of her, you know, little blurb about him or whatever. They only have to do a sentence or two. She said, also, I did notice that he is shows very something like he shows great kindness to others. Mm. And I said, oh, that's great. And I know that he's going to have times when he's not kind. We all do. He's a fully functioning human being who, you know, we're all going to have good and bad days. But to have seen that, I thought, okay, I do think children are inherently good. Yeah. You know, and I hope that we're helping to foster that as much as we can. Um, he'll make a million mistakes. We all make a million mistakes. But that was nice to see that those seeds that we have been planting maybe growing and continuing to foster that, you know, and support that. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for that. At least I know I don't. Because like, or I say to people whenever my son or my daughter does something really like kind or nice and people are like oh what a sweetheart i always go yeah it's all my husband <laughs> you know right and people are like no blair you're so nice and i'm like ah yeah i can be but i think it's because i stay in like i stay in my mom mode judgment head a lot yeah of how I am as a mom on the daily of just being like stressed out and like worried and like you know, having to do all the things that I, you know, and my mom brain that I don't step outside of myself and watch myself playing with my kids, joking with my kids, mm -hmm. being kind to my kids, having a conversation with a stranger with my kids standing there. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I don't give myself the credit that I should for the good that I do. 
And that's a good reminder for our listeners. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Like if you're listening right now and thinking, as we often do, we linger on the times when we were not the best parent. Yeah. I think about when I am impatient or raise my voice or snap at my kid. Always. I will think about that for a duh A's. But then that's all I do. I know. (laughs) Because you want to be a good mom. Yeah. We're all trying to be good parents and nobody's perfect. Mm -mm. And yeah, we always linger on that. Hey, we'll be right back. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hey, y'all, we're back on Toddler Purgatory, and we are reminding you, as we remind ourselves, to try and linger on the good things here at the end of the year mm-hmm. and anytime, whenever you're listening to this. Because it is, we always think about the bad. I can tell you from the most distinct memory of when people were mean to me, I could tell you where I was, what I was wearing, what they said, how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. But those compliments, Blair, like you deflecting a compliment about how nice your kids are and you are, your kids are nice. Yeah. They're great. They're luminous. They're lovely. I love them. Aww. They are. They're truly great kids. And it is because of Bill and it's also because of you. And that's what we do. We deflect and that's, you know, we could get into how that's also how we are raised as women to keep our humbleness yes. and all this other BS. <laughs> but I invite our listeners and you and me to revel in the fact that we are good parents. Yeah. We are part of the contributing forces of our good kids, and we're going to continue to foster that. And I hope that people are taking a moment, you know, in during this sort of weirdly quiet time after the holidays or any time that you might be listening to this to celebrate you, to put your feet up and say, "Woo! not only do we just make it through, yeah, sure, we're surviving, but also unbeknownst to us, our kids are thriving. You're listening to this podcast right now. So yes, kudos. You're seeking out how to be a better parent. Do you know what else, Molly? Like as we're talking about this, that I remember <laughs> there's so many, but like two things that like stand out to me, like when my kids were like babies, right? Like baby babies. And I would be just like forcing their limbs into their clothes. And I would just have these moments where I was just like, I cannot wait till this child can dress themselves. Right. Just like, oh. And now they both kind of sort of do. And just yesterday, my three-year-old was like, we were putting on her pajamas. She's like, mommy, I can do this all by myself. Do you want to see? And I was like, and I was like, whoa. And just like that, it's like these moments, right? It's like getting verklempt, but it's like these moments happen. And it's like, and I had this moment where I was like, this is the last time I'll help her put on her pajamas. You know, like it just like comes out of the blue. And it was just a couple of years ago that I was like, oh, if I have to shove another fist through, <laughs> through a sleeve, through a sleeve, 
I'm going to love it. Well, I tell you what, if your daughter's anything like my son, she'll do it once. And then the next time she'll say she forgot how to put on her pajamas. (laughs) And then she'll be six years old and you'll be like, remember when you were three and you were so proud? (laughs) Same as my son with a shower. He took a shower and I was like, that's it. That's it. I didn't even know that the last time he took a bath was the last time he was going to take a bath. You don't know. You don't know. The next day, eh, I'm going to take a bath. Eh. <laughs> Mama, can you fill up my bath? Mama, can you get the pom-poms? Mama, can you get the squigs? Mama, can you wash my hair? And I was like, <laughs> It's like he does it once and he checks it off his list. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not how this works. We're not done. <laughs> it's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> Every kid is so different. The other thing I am realizing in my The Good Things part of this year that really st- kind of like what you're talking about is looking at my friends who have younger kids. Just yesterday, a good friend of mine came over with her two and a half year old or so. And my son gave, he said, oh, she can have my balance bike. Oh, she can have my micro scooter because those are things that are too small for him that we've been hanging on to because he's said, no, 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 I, I still ride it. I still use it. And then he looked at her and recognized see it. Yeah. (laughs) That it was really more her size. So they left with those two things. Even though I I secretly took my friend aside and said, listen, everybody's trying to get rid of stuff in their house. If this is in any way (laughs) too much for you, just tell him that. Just just scoot it on back. Or tell him we'll keep it here for when you guys come over or whatever. And she ended up taking him. But I didn't want, oh gosh, you know, I didn't want to reverse Marie Kondo her. (laughs) But yeah, it was really that perspective, being able to step back and see him give a littler kid his little stuff was like pretty, it was pretty meaningful. And even looking at her and looking at my neighbor who has a what, little baby just turned once, maybe 14 months old now, and watching her do all the first things mm-hmm. and knowing I'll never, ooh, knowing I'll never have that again in my own home, more than likely, but also being able to say, Oh, how wonderful that this keeps going. Yeah. Like life keeps going. It, yeah. And you think you're the only one. And listeners, I know you're feeling me too. You think I must be the only one who's ever gone through this. You know, and, and sometimes that can be feeling very isolating and very much like yes. so hard. And then to just see, you know, this little girl cruising and then walking on her own and remembering when my son did that. And it's, I want to say the circle of life, but in a less Lion Kingy way, it's more about like this crew. We few, we happy few, we band of mothers, you know, we band of fathers, we band of parenting figures. There's a lot of grandparents out there raising their grandkids and people, you know, helping out other families. You're all part of this band. And it's amazing to look at other people going through the same thing I did and say, yes, yes, yeah, we did it and you're doing it. Yeah. It's interesting because it feels so isolating. It feels so lonely. But if only we would just open our eyes and look around us on that island and see how packed it is, right? Yep. It's like, oh, we can turn this into a straight-up party. Look at all of us here. (laughs) Some of us are so tired. I thought I was alone. No? Yeah. Grab some coconuts. Let's make some daiquiris. Let's do this, you know? And that's part of that beauty of, I mean, we've lost so much with this pandemic, and we've lost so much just over time. I mean, people used to you know, buy the house next door to their parents. Uh, People used to stay in the neighborhoods they grew up in, you know, and people still do. People still do. But also there is this great movement as well where people are moving farther and farther away every year. And uh, to have this, uh, online has a lot of pitfalls, a lot of downsides, so does social media. 
But it also has some upsides. If we're really focusing on the good things, let's think about the good things in technology, too, where we get to see these communities, whether it be in our Facebook groups or our Instagram, you know, followings. You know, again, I know there's some bad things, but, man, it's nice to look at the good things and realize that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing, too, that I am appreciating and kind of reveling in the joy of is the conversations that I've been having with my, especially my six-year-old. My three-year-old gets in it too because she thinks she grown. <laughs> she thinks she a grown folk. Yeah. But just sometimes me and my son, we have the most just like awesome conversations. And again, I remember on that lonely, lonely island when I would just be with him when he was like more like really like toddlering about and didn't talk. And I hadn't had an adult conversation in hours. And then by the time my husband got home, I didn't even want to talk because I was too tired. Mm-hmm. And I would just, I would long for just conversation. And now I pick my kid up from school and we'll have just like a great convo or he'll ask me something and I'll get into it and we'll have just like these conversations. And I'm just like, wow. And this is amazing. And not only that, but I just, it just makes me enjoy my time with him as well. It's like these little special moments that we have that are just ours. That's just like, holy cannoli. Side note, the cannoli dip from Trader Joe's is really good. Oh, I had that last year, I think. It's good. So ridiculous. It's really tasty. If you dip like a salty pretzel chip into it, Girl. so you get the sweet and the salty. Girl, don't you even do that to me right now. I will leave this desk. I will leave this microphone and go get my pretzels and my cannoli dip. Sweet and salty. That's my name. Yeah, so for those of you with little littles out there, zero years old, one year old, two years old, three years old, and you're like, the if babblers. I have to watch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, I know. You're going to get there and be oh, it's so worth it. One of the takeaways, speaking of people's families, one of my big good things takeaways from this very pod... Yep. In the past year was from the episode we did based on a listener's letter who wrote in and she was an American expat living in another country and her living abroad and her husband was from a different country. And the biggest takeaway from that episode, I loved her. She was just worried about parenting differently from her husband. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about how we cannot escape our backgrounds our experiences, how we, in fact, were parented. But there is a huge freedom and ownership of saying to yourself and your partner, our family is ours, right? Our family isn't your family, honey. Our family isn't my family. Yep. You know, that I grew up in, babe. This is Uh, ours. This is ours, and we get to set their rules. We get to see, to raise our children in a way that works for us. Mm Mm-hmm. And boy, is that hard because you're working against so much, every so much, so much, everybody's past, everybody's traumas, everybody's experiences and society's ideas of what a family should look like and how you should build and form your family. Yep. It's annoying. It's annoying. And, you know, I have to tell you, like, I'm very grateful that we all get to live in a time where our kids get to see all different kinds of families. Me too. Me too. I mean, do you remember when TV shows when I was a kid were... Yep. A man and a woman, usually white, <laughs> and raising their white kids. Like, that's just what it was. And I'm so glad that, and it's getting better, I hope. I know we have, still have a long way to go. 
that kids are able to see different kinds of families. Because you're right, Blair. Family comes in all different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Oh, and it's so important for them to see that and to know that it's beautiful. And it also, it gives you, here's the thing too, I feel like sometimes with that societal pressure, you don't have any, sometimes you lose ownership of your own dynamic that you have of your family. You know what I mean? It's like all the things that you should be doing. Versus like what's really going on and what you all really like to do as a family. Yeah. Like, or what works. You know, like, yes, for sure. My foundation is what it is. And I have used some of the tactics and techniques that I grew up with. And guess what? They don't work. (laughs) My kids will look at me and be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Where did you learn that? (laughs) Did it work for you? Because this is not working for me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Okay. And then I'm just like, okay, gut, what is going to work? And I find it. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's just go. Let's just go with that. My bad. Haha. <laughs> just kidding, everybody. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, like most things, including podcasts, including this one, take what works and throw out what doesn't. For sure. That's why we try to offer in every episode more than a couple options for people to deal with these universal things that come up as parents of young children, because you're going to keep what works and you're going to toss what doesn't. And that's mm-hmm. so true about how we were raised as well. Yeah, I definitely have kept the things that worked for my parents and thrown in my own things and thrown out some things they did that worked for me and my sister and are not working for us now, for me and my son now, (laughs) me and my husband and son now. Exactly. So, yes, I was just going to say that's an incredible freedom and strength to be able to not only acknowledge, but put into practice. Oh, for sure. My therapist would give me a big thumbs up for when I do things like that. She's like, finally, girl, (laughs) jeez. That ties into our one episode. We did it recently about how to keep motherhood happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how to have a happy motherhood. Yes. How to have a happy motherhood. And I mean, this keeps coming up over and over again. I mean, we do a lot of like repeating the same things over and over again because it's just it is just what it is. But lowering your expectations. I have to keep reminding myself of that. Just keep them low. (laughs) because first of all, I expect a lot. Molly, I was going to tell you this yesterday. We went to see the Rockettes and we were running late. Right. And I'm just like, Oh, I got to get there. Come on, come on. And my three-year-old in her little tiny leg, she's like, and she's like running through. And she's also like in New York city by radio city music hall. So she's like looking at everything. And I'm like, you have to pick it up. And I was like, I was in, me, Blair, was in New York City Blair mode. When I get to the city, I get to fast mode. I get into like do things a certain way mode, right? So we get to the theater, it's over. And then as we were leaving, I started doing it again. And I had a moment. I literally, I think I audio texted you this and then it actually erased. But I had a moment where I was like, go at her pace. Because she was like whining. And she's like, my legs hurt. Pick me up. And I was like picking her up. And at one point I had like in a football hold. And I'm just like, come on. And then I put her down and I took a breath. I was like, just go at her pace. And I got to tell you, I slowed all of the way down. And it was very tough. In the five seconds that it took me to slow down, I was like, we are walking so slow in New York City. But I slowed down her to her pace. And we stopped and we looked at windows we stopped and asked what the strange meat smell was. We stopped, you know, we, we like, I went the pace of a three-year-old 
and it worked. She walked all the way to the garage and I was expecting to get a cab. It was two long avenue blocks and a couple streets. That's a long walk for a little tiny legs. Yes, totally. But I was like, so it's just like that lowering of my expectations of being, you know, Blair in the city, you know, lowering those. I walked at her pace and I was like, ding. There it is. Yeah. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, everybody. We're back on Todd Perg's. I hope that this is reminding all of you to invite you to say yes to the good things, to remembering the good things, the good parts. And sometimes it's looking back at all those cute videos from the year. And sometimes it's realizing that amongst those videos, there are videos of your kid not being so nice. And it reminds you that those are good times, too. Like, how lucky are we, like Blair said, how lucky are we that we're able to kind of not only technology-wise look back at it, but also that we can look back at it. We did it. We friggin' did it, you guys. We made it. You did it. You got through it. Yes. Oh. Yes. It's good. So let's all collectively pat ourselves on the back. Two-two. God bless. Two-two for us. Two-two. Beep, beep. It's so crazy how temporary it all is. Yeah. It's just so crazy because it feels in the moment woo 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 it feels like infinity it feels like it's never gonna end and i still have those moments and i think i i'll have those moments forever you know what i mean like i'll have i feel like i'll have those moments when my kid is i hope traveling europe when i'm in i don't know my 80s and i'm worried and i'm the worried sick is just gonna be there and it's gonna feel like infinity like, this is my life now, being worried about my child. Well, sure, we're going to worry about our kids until we're no longer on this earth. And then I'll probably worry about them from wherever I am after that, too. 
looking down or up at him? <laughs> More than likely. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I don't know everybody. <laughs> Uh, yes, I don't know. So I got a nice, I don't know. I think I might have reserved box seats in hell that I might be looking up. <laughs> I like that you're at least like fancy though. You got box seats. Good for you. Oh, I got box seats. Cause occasionally I'm a good person. Occasionally I give you that cup of sugar you need, neighbor. But mostly she's a beast. She's a beast. Yeah. My biggest takeaways I would say from this year and this app are to. Even though you feel, might feel sometimes like a poo-poo, the other word for poo-poo, parent, you're not a poo-poo parent. Sometimes you're white poo-poo, but you're not poo-poo parent. Mm -mm. No, we're we're all doing a good job and we're doing, you know, the best job we can. And the biggest thing that we can do for our kids is give them love, supportive boundaries, and then more love after that. And also take care of yourself. Yes. You take care of yourself. You're taking care of your kids. Take care of yourself. You know, I got to tell you, I've put a nice little focus on my health the past few months and it's done me so good. It's done me so good. And, and not in a selfish way. It's clearly I've been able to make the time to sleep more, to eat better, just to be a little bit more mindful. Do I really need that glass of wine tonight? No, I don't. Let's do some tea and hit the bricks, you know? And I got to tell you, like, it has helped me find my breath more when I temper is short. And it's helped me just relax a little bit more. I'm definitely a better parent. I hate to admit it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm a better parent when I get more sleep. When I don't, la, 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 scroll, scroll for two hours before bed. (laughs) What am I doing? Why do I do it? It's, It's that, yeah, do it. Because it seems like, you know what it feels like? And we all know this. That scrolling, that time, especially at night, once they hit the bricks themselves, those kids hit the bricks, it's like, now I have X amount of time just for me. And it feels so good. But do yourself this little tiny favor. Like, give that little bit of time, cut off a chunk to add more to your sleep. Coming back from the trip, I recently came back from a trip that was eight hours away and my body forcing me to go to bed at nine and get up between five and six. At first, you look at the clock at 5.40 and you go, oh, come on. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Hard pass. But then you're like, I'm getting a pretty good amount of stuff done before I have to wake up my kid at 6.15. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And I'm awake and I feel pretty good. And, you know, like you said, you know, I had a glass of wine or two on the plane on the way home. Also, lots of water. I stayed hydrated. But since I got home, I've I've only had maybe half a beer here, half a glass of wine there. And that extra sleep earlier and not too much alky has really been helping my parenting. I hate to say it. It's key. Especially us in our light 40s, too. It just doesn't work (laughs) like it used to. And our bodies are like, yo, knock it off. Shut your eyes. Well, shut your eyes. You know, we um, were talking about New Year's resolutions. And Blair, you said you're going to throw them out the window. You don't subscribe. Mine, you know, and I know everybody does this and the gyms are full on January 2nd and all that kind of thing. I'm not going to do anything big New Year's resolution wise, but I am going to embrace what we're talking about, which is that yeah, when I get even just a little more sleep, should I do Wordle and Quirtle at the end of the night? Absolutely. I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve it. But I probably don't have to do the practice tab on the Quirtle 15 times after that. Like I could probably... No, you don't have no. to do that. Mm-mm. Let's knock that off. Let's knock that off. Lynn Lloyd, my mom, sends me in a package once a month all her magazines. Oh. So you know I get... Yeah. I don't know if I ever told you that. <laughs> yes. I did not know that. I get a package, the U.S. Mail, old school, People magazine, flipping through a physical magazine. Let me tell you something. 
That is a blast. <laughs> That's some good me time. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That is it. People's pretty fun. I can get that through through that pretty quickly. But being in my mid to late light forties, I also get a real zoom from Better Homes and Gardens. Girl, you better give it to me. Food and wine, maybe. Listen, throw in an, a real simple, mm. and it's on. I'll take your real simple, and I'll raise you a Martha Stewart. Jailbird, that little jailbird, she knows what's up. Tweet, tweet, give me that magazine. <laughs> They're fun. They're my team beat. They're my tiger beat. I get it. <laughs> so I guess our message to you listeners is A, thank you for being there with us this year. We have loved chatting with you and hearing from you. And hopefully some of the you know tidbits we've put out there have helped you along the way. I know they've helped me. And I hope that here, whenever you're listening to this, that you remember the good things because we all deserve to remember it and you're part of what made those good things happen. So, yes. Good for you. Good on you. Hey, Molly. Hey, Blair. You're one of my good things, too. I said I wouldn't cry. <laughs> Damn you, you Blair it? Brooks. <laughs> Blair, you're one, of my, you're one of my good things. Listeners, you probably have guessed this. Me and Blair are quite good friends. Blair is the funniest, one of the brightest stars in my life. Oh, it's true. Stop. Same. Ditto. Stop. Listen, should we just make this a two-parter and just talk about each other? I can do that. I can talk about how bright your star is too. We're going to get off the mic with our listeners right now, but we're going to continue telling each other how much we love each other. Thank you, listeners. We love you. See you next time. Take it easy. Happy New Year, y'all. Yeah, whenever you're listening to this, Happy New Year. (laughs) Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. 
If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.